out there in chatterbox world it's everyone's favorite time of the week it's chatterbox rocks time that's right and we are your hostesses with the mostesses i am suzanne from darkbeautymusic.com no just joking suzannecree.com and of course with me i have the very lovely the very talented Liz Tapia, the Dark Angel from darkbeautymusic.com. Hello to my wonderful friend Suzanne, and hello to all of our listeners out there. Hope everyone's doing well tonight. Greetings, everyone. Greetings, Liz. Hope everyone has had a spectacular week since the last Chatterbox Rocks. And we have decided to continue... Our discussion on, uh oh, wait, I totally forgot. Oh no, what are we talking about? Uh, I think that would be performance anxiety and stage fright. Oh yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Very important topic. Uh, very important for those of us who are performers, uh, or, you know, heck, just if you have to get up and talk to people in front of a meeting at work, but... We want to jump right back into it. Last week was kind of a what can you do in the moment to get yourself through your performance anxiety. This week is more of a preparatory. What can you do before that happens to to get through your uh, performance anxiety? A good topic indeed, especially since so many of us have to deal with this as a performer or as a public speaker. It, I think they say that public speaking is probably one of the most fearful things people have to go through. So, a good topic indeed to continue on. Absolutely. And without further ado, I believe, Liz, you had our first point this week. I do. And here's where I'm starting. The best way to cross a river is to cross it. I love that saying and how true, how true it is. So in other words, quit thinking about it so much. Quit thinking about all the things that pop into your head and just get out and do it. And I know that sounds easier than it sounds, but that's pretty much what I think any performer needs to do in order to help get rid of some of the anxiety and you know I don't even know if it ever goes away completely and I think that you do need some of it in order to perform but this fearful energy that we tend to get will eventually turn into good energy and it's energy that you can channel on stage if you just get out and do it so tip number one perform 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 and that is very very true you know you can't get and this is something we all do something we all do just think about like your last family reunion there was that one person there that you just didn't get along with on the family reunion before or the last time you had a meeting with a certain group of people at work and oh it was just an awful meeting and and you 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 just you know you've got all of this running through your head and you're 
pumping it up to be so much worse than it could ever possibly be because of that bad experience. The only way to counter that is to go out and get more and more good experiences. Not all of them are going to be good. Not all of them are going to be fantastic. But the only way to get rid of them is to keep building up better and better experiences. Oh, how true that is. How true that is. And this is something that so many people have to deal with. And, you know, you're asking yourself, well, well, here's what I was trying to do. I was just trying to block it. And I know we talked about this in the last episode uh, you know, just trying to get rid of it, but it doesn't work. And I finally realized I had to retrain my brain into embracing the fear as opposed to blocking it because it, it doesn't work. It does not work. You cannot block it. It is, it is part of the evolutionary process. It's part of your fight or flight or your, you know, freeze and fall, whichever, you know, kind of whichever way you roll when you get scared, either fight or flight or freeze and fall either way. Um, but you have one of those two responses and really it's built in, it's built in to protect you. And nine times out of 10 going up on stage is not going to be a life or death situation. So in that respect, the evolutionary process has failed you. But, you know, in, in case you're you know, standing up in the middle of the woods talking to wild bears and boars and wolves, you know, it could serve you very well to, you know, hurry up and get scared and run away. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. You know, you can also kind of prepare for it. It, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that you can prepare for it. Okay, so no preparatory drill is ever perfect. I understand that. But think about this for a minute. What does fight or flight usually do? It usually amps up your adrenaline. It usually amps up your, you know, your anxiety. It, it pumps the blood. It pumps the heart quicker. Think about that for a minute. If you go out and you run around the block a couple of times or you do some push-ups or you do some sit-ups and you get that blood flowing, you know, maybe break a little bit of a sweat and you get that blood flowing. If you play with the dog for a little bit and get that blood flowing, maybe break a little bit of a sweat and then go and practice a piece, a song, a whatever, you've got a little bit of that going for you because you've got that blood pumping, you've got that heart going You've got that adrenaline going through you. You've got the endorphin rush and now you've got to calm down and play. So it's, you can practice for those circumstances. That's a great point. And one of the things that happens to me when I am getting ready to go on stage is, you know, you get those nervous butterflies. And the problem with nerves is that, especially for a singer, it really uh, hurts your breathing. You know, you can't get a low enough breath. You can't seem to just get the body coordinated and working the way it needs to to support the voice. So breathing is really important. And I know this is one of the... Uh, really? Are we going back to the breathing thing again? Really? Always with the breathing? Always well, with the breathing? <laughs> Well, a singer does need to breathe. 
<laughs> I mean, fine. You know, it's just one of those things. What can I tell you? But it is so important, and it definitely hinders your breathing and you know just the support that the body needs to uh you know for the voice it does make it very hard when you're nervous but I do find that eventually what happens to me is like I start to sing and then it goes away and that's and that's the good part you know, it's it's really interesting because I was just watching an, an interview with um a couple of bands at um grass pop the grass pop metal festival and one of the singers specifically said this like you know you don't want to get rid of all of that nervous energy you don't want to get rid of that because that's part of what feeds into the fan and 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 the fans feed back into you as the performer so it creates this kind of energetic loop sort of thing that's a technical term by the way (laughs) only here on chatterbox rocks you got it I can English with the best That's of them, right. babe. I can English with the best of them. So it creates this energetic loop between you and the audience. So you don't want to get rid of it completely. You want you want a little bit of nervousness there, but you want it to be manageable. That's a great way to put that. Manageable energy. That's what we need. Mm. Right. And that's what we give you here on Chatterbox Rocks. Completely managed energy. Yes. And it's actually no different than doing the podcast. Because, you know, when does everything go right when we do a podcast? Never. (laughs) Never. Uh, We're actually, this is actually the second take we're doing of this because the first one didn't record. Go figure. How many times have we started a Chatterbox Live and, and had it not work the way it was supposed to? Um, well, you know, things happen. What are you going to do? It's part of the, you know, it's part and parcel of being a performer of any kind, whether it's podcast, whether it's, you know, whether it's on stage, whether you're reciting symphonic poetry, doesn't matter. M- no matter what the performance is, there's always going to be a glitch and there's always going to be a reason to be nervous. The question is, how do you manage that nervousness? Exactly, because you want to take that fearful energy and channel it into good energy and be able to Mm -hmm. work with it so that you can do whatever it is you need to do on stage, whether you're singing or playing an an instrument or whether you're public speaking. And you can practice for this. You can practice for this by getting your heart rate up, whether it's going and running around the, the block. or I actually like to do uh, fence, my fencing footwork because that, that gets my heart rate up. And, you know, after, after a good 10, 15 minutes of fencing footwork, I'm ready to sit down for a good hour or two and play. That sounds like fun fencing footwork. It's a ton of fun. In a kind of Torquemada Inquisition sort of way. <laughs> I always thought of fencing like this sort of almost like a ballet i mean it's just it's very graceful you obviously haven't seen me fence (laughs) (laughs) well now i'm curious now i want to see you fence i want to see you do the moves um graceful is not the word i'd use (laughs) no i'd never guess that's true So before I make a complete idiot out of myself, uh, we have 
in the spirit of helping you get through your stage fright, another professional minute. Yes. We are bringing back the lovely, beautiful, and talented Alicia Bryceland. She is a native of Richmond, Virginia. She's an accomplished dramatic soprano. Her voice is magnificent. And she's an innovative teacher of singing with a proven track record of success and a master's of music in vocal performance from the New England Conservatory of Music in Boston. And I am extremely lucky, honored to have her as my vocal teacher. And we always want to hear what Alicia has to say. So continuing on our topic, let's hear some more professional tips from Alicia Bryceland. Hey, listen, Suzanne, it's Alicia Bryceland with the Bryceland Studio. I wanted to talk some more about performance anxiety. There are three great ways that you can help manage any anxiety that you feel before performance or even before going into the studio to record. Um, One thing is to find a routine that really works for you. So figure out how much sleep you need and make sure that you get that amount of sleep, um, even though it might not be cool, but get to bed early so you can feel rested the day of a performance. Also figure out what foods work for you, uh, what gives you energy but doesn't weigh you down so that you're not going to be distracted at all by not feeling great or being hungry when you're on stage. And think of anything else that would just help you feel normal, help you feel like yourself on the day of a performance. And whatever it is, do it. Okay? This routine and doing it every time you have a performance, every time you go in for recording, will really help you because it'll get your body and your mind in performance mode. Second thing is learn some meditation techniques. Outside of performance, outside of music, do either some guided meditations online, which are easy to find, or come up with your own, what they call single-pointed meditation. Looking at a candle flame, looking at a spot on the wall, thinking some sort of repetitive mantra, a short phrase that you say over and over again in your mind. All of these things help the mind calm down and are super helpful tools to have when you have to go on stage. The third thing is use your breath. When we slow our breath down to an inhale of five seconds and an exhale of five seconds, that automatically signals to our brains that everything is okay. No need to panic. So if you're feeling anxious, just take a nice, long, slow breath. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Keep doing that and you will calm down. Find out more from my website, www.thebrysonstudio.com. Bye.
So always great to hear from Alicia. Make sure you check her out online at the Bryceland studio.com B R I C E L A N D and tell her the girls from chatterbox sent That's you right. chatterbox rocks. We love having Alicia on. She always has great tips. She does. And you know who else has great tips? Who? Who? Our sponsor. Oh, is it commercial time already? It's commercial time already. <laughs> oh, I love me a good commercial. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Howdy. This is Farmer Jim. No. And that's Bessie. Bessie says hi. Do you need help understanding your cow? No. Well, Bessie here can teach you how to speak cow. Moo. Well, thanks, Bessie. I agree. Down here at Farmer Jim Bob's School of Animal Talk, you can learn to talk like a chicken. Like an old hound dog. Or like a bunny. They're very quiet. Come on down. Learn how to talk to your farm animals so you can request favors from them. Bye-bye. You know, there is nothing that beats a good Chatterbox commercial. I'm telling you, we're really getting our money's worth on this. You know, you just... We are getting paid, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they're paying yeah. us for those spots. <laughs> you got a lot. I mean, we're not paying him to give us those spots, Listen, are we? I mean, where else are you going to get this kind of entertainment? Except right here on ChatterboxRocks.com. You know it. You know it. Right here on Chatterbox Rocks. And speaking of Chatterbox Rocks, did you know that... Did you know that if you went to darkbeautymusic.com right now, you can sign up for the mailing list? That's right. You can become a fan of the Dark Angel, and she'll send you one of her tracks just for signing up on the mailing list. So, hope to see you there at darkbeautymusic.com. We have a new album in the works, and you don't want to miss any of that information. So, please be sure to head over to darkbeautymusic.com and sign up. We'll see you there. And going back to our regularly scheduled podcast, we are stepping back into our stage fright zone. And I believe, Liz, you actually had another point that you wanted to make. Well, I thought it would be sort of interesting just to talk about my own open mic experience uh, with stage fright when I was just starting to get out a while back. And some of the things that were going through my mind was the, you know, the thoughts that the brain starts to just ask all those questions. And even before getting on stage, I would know that there was a, there was an open mic or a gig coming up. And already I would start to feed into the frenzy and I would start asking, you know, the, all the worst questions that you can ask yourself. What if I'm not good enough? What if they don't like me? What if, what if, what if? And it just created this overwhelming amount of workup in my brain that by the time I got there, I was a nervous wreck. 
And it's very difficult to calm yourself down when you get into that stage. And I really had to retrain my brain to sort of think of this in a different way. And it was, it was really hard at first. But I did notice that as I kept getting out there, and this goes back to what I was saying before, is you know not to think about it so much and just get out and do it. And what starts to happen is, and this is a great piece of advice that Alicia Bryceland, my voice teacher, gave to me. She said, you know, every time you do it and you get that positive feedback and you get that reinforcement, you know, you, you just keep building upon that. And she was exactly right. And that's exactly what's, what was happening with me is every time I got out, people liked what I was doing and I wasn't as nervous. I wasn't as scared. And I realized that this workup that I had going on in my head was exactly just that, just in my own mind, because the people that were giving me the feedback were really appreciating the music and they were liking what I was doing. So that was starting to feed my mind in a different way. And I was able to just continue building upon each success. Each little success was like another step forward. So that was really great advice. And and that's really interesting because I had sort of the opposite experience, like when I would go and do uh, recitals, because uh, a lot of my early stage experience was recitals uh, for the, the studio I was taking lessons at at the time. And I always walked into the recital like, I got this. Ah, I you, got this. You would, yeah, you had that kind of attitude. And, huh? and then I would stand up on stage and I'd be like, oh, crap. <laughs> I don't got this no more. Then every, you know, that kind of thing. Kind of sunk in. So I always, yeah, right. Then I got up on stage and reality oh sunk boy. in. And, but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, my, uh, shall we say snarky superior attitude early on in my music career. No. Um, and yeah, it was terrible. Oh, oh Lord, was it terrible. Um, it's funny now. Then, not so much funny. But I always went from the opposite. I always figured, ah, I, play, I played through this song once perfectly. Ah, I'm, good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> we got this. I'm good. I played You're it like once. one-stop shopping. Hey, yo, what else do I need? I played it once. I'm good. And then, um, and then of course, I would get up on stage and it would be like, dang. <laughs> Um, okay, so apparently I should have played it twice. I don't just know. Twice. So just that's it, twice. and then we're good. So I had actually the opposite experience, where I going into the into the recital into the performance, I was like, I got this, and then I would get up on stage, and and, and reality would hit, and it would be like total freeze. Like my fingers would not move. They 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 were like. <laughs> uh, you know, doing the zombie claw thing and like, yeah, move fingers, move, move. And of course they wouldn't move. So, and isn't it always that your body doesn't cooperate when you need it most to, I know when, when you're sitting there going, move fingers, move. And the fingers are going, eh, you know I got what? nothing. We're I got nothing. Strike. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. So, um, there are a couple of things you can do to prepare yourself for all of the unexpected things that you'll run into on stage, of course. Uh, one of which is, uh, actually a suggestion I got from one of the many, many online courses I took. Um, and that is to have someone interrupt your practice. 
just have someone, I have lots of nieces and nephews I can use for this, but if you're upstairs practicing and you know that like your nieces and nephews are coming over or, you know, you've got kids, just have them barge in on you randomly throughout your practice session. Think about this. We, we just got done talking about how things never go right, not even on Chatterbox, how we're on our, our second recording of, of this exact podcast because, hey, the first one didn't <laughs> I'm record. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's not your fault. But think about having, um, you know, somebody let the dog in while you're trying to do your, your vocal runs or while I'm trying to do my guitar. Um, you know, think about kids running in and out of the room on you. You never know when you're going to run into a heckler. You never know when you're going to run into a drunk guy at the gig. And you will always run into someone drunk at a gig. Um, you never know what those people are going to do. You never know when the lights are going to go out. There was um, one of the festivals, one of the big festivals, I want to say South America or, or one of the big European summer festivals, uh, metal festivals, the venue uh, lost power. So, you know, you think of, of a five or six piece rock band and all the equipment that they have to plug in. Well, <clears throat> on backup power, they had maybe a 20 minute gig and that was it. So they couldn't do the normal hour, hour and a half that they would normally do. Um, they could do 15, 20 minutes. So it's a very abbreviated set. You have to roll with what you're given and having that unpredictability of somebody bouncing in randomly throughout your practice session will help prepare you for that. That's a great point. And another thing I want to mention is know your environment, get to know the clubs or the venues that you're going to be either doing an open mic or a gig or whatever it is, public speaking, whatever it is that you have to do. And, you know, go there in advance, get a sense of the room, the space, the vibe of the room, get to know the people that are there if you can, visit on an off night so that you can see other performers and maybe, you know, you can grab some tips on some stuff that they do. Uh, if you can get on the stage and kind of look out and, and pick some spots that you can maybe try to focus on, that always helps too. And that I think would alleviate some of the nervousness. And, you know, one of the big, big points is make friends with the yes, staff. Yes, do it. It's so important. You know, because here, here's the thing. You make friends with the staff and, you, you know, maybe even help them out a little bit. You, um, uh, in, in the fencing club, I don't compete because, yeah. You know, well, you guys all know the story. I'm still trying to lose some weight. I, I move like a, you know, drunken oh, hippo. Oh, don't say um, that. I'm not the most, gra- I'm not the I most graceful fencer in the world. <laughs> I want to see Suzanne Decree <laughs> from SuzanneDecree.com. I want to see your ballet routine in this. I, you know, I'll have to, uh, I will have to, uh, I will have to <laughs> oblige that because it's pretty darn funny. Um, but, you know, uh, but what I do is when I go to tournaments and stuff or, you know, even in house, when we have our in-house tournaments, I'm there, I keep score. I help set up the food tables for the, uh, you know, the after party. I help clean up the after party. You know, you get in there and you get to know people and, you know, people respect that and people appreciate that. So if you go and you help the sound guy, hey, can I run some cables for you? Can I grab you a cable? Can I grab you a Coke or a water? 
you know, people will appreciate that. And when you get in good with the staff, they will go above and beyond to help you. So, you know, it's kind of like that old Catholic thing that, and I know it's not cool to be Catholic anymore, but uh, when I was growing up, we were always taught God first, everyone else second, and you will be taken care of. And, you know, time after time after time, I find that to be true. Hmm, interesting. When you take care of people, when you genuinely come from a, you know, come from a place of caring and say, you know what, I want to help you. I want to make your life better for the next half hour, 45 minutes, hour and a half, whatever it is. People respond to that very favorably and people will take care of you. Now, it's not exactly a tit for tat thing. You're not going, I'm going to do this. So I get that's not the point at all. You know, the point is you take care of somebody because it's the right thing to do. And then that comes back. I agree with that. It's it's always good to lend a hand when you can, get to know the staff, you know, just be kind about the situation. And, and if you can help somebody and make their lives a little bit easier, if, especially if you're just kind of sitting there hanging out and doing nothing, I think it's, uh, it's always good to get in there and just offer some help. It definitely pays off. And, and exactly. I like what you just said, because it's not about, well, I'm going to help you so that you're going to help me in return. You know, just do it out of the kindness of your good heart. Absolutely. You know, nothing works out 100% of the time, all the time. But, you know, if you hit 80, 90%, you're doing good. You're doing good. Um, but hope you guys have gotten something out of all of that. I hope you've enjoyed the second part of our, uh, wait, what was this again? <laughs> this is on performance anxiety and stage fright. And there's one more thing I want to add before we sign off right. here. I just want to throw out a link out there uh, for those of you who are looking for open mics to perform at. Try openmics.org. Uh, they seem to have a lot of open mics and you can, I think you could just type in your area and do a search and there should be a lot of good information. Awesome. Thank you all so much. We really do appreciate you guys. We have seriously the best audience ever. We, we do. love you guys and we can't wait to see you again next Wednesday. Don't forget to stop by our chat room, chatterboxrocks.com. I am Suzanne from SuzanneDecree.com. And of course, of course, who can Liz forget Tapia, the dark angel from darkbeautymusic.com. We love you guys. Thank you so much for your loyalty, for tuning in. And please don't forget to share, 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 share our links. And we will see you at the next episode of Bye Bye. Chatterbox. Chatterbox.